Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing's podcast number 89 on November 9th of 2022. Today I will be answering five interesting investment questions. Question number one. Is investing in companies like Apple and Amazon as risky as everyone says it is? Every stock you buy has a degree of risk. For example, while doing research for my new investment book, I came across what I felt was a very safe stock. It was not Amazon. It was a company called W.P. Carey. It has paid a consistent, ever-increasing dividend payout and had an ever-increasing share price for 23 years, which is as far back as I went. Apple, by contrast, did not start paying its token first dividend until 10 years ago. If you are interested in seeing the two-page analysis of what I consider a safe stock, send an email request and I will send you back the two-page report on W.P. Carey. It is interesting to compare a few key financial figures for W.P. Carey and Apple. Apple is an exciting, hot, speculative stock that gets a great deal of attention almost daily. By contrast, I'd never heard of W.P. Carey. However, when share prices drop like a stone in the next market crash, it would be reassuring to know you can count on the consistent ever-rising dividend payouts of a W.P. Carey as you wait for the recovery. Their share price and dividend payouts went up even during the 2000, 2008, and 2020 market crashes. The dividend yield for W.P. Carey is 5%. The dividend yield for Apple is an impressive 0.66%. I suspect Apple feels, with all the attention they get from speculators, that they do not need to share their profits with their shareholders to build shareholder loyalty. Popularity often has a limited lifespan. You cannot take it for granted. Comparing book values is also interesting. Apple's book value is about 3% of its current share price of $138, while W.P. Carey's book value is almost 50% of its current share price of $78.03. While book values are calculations by accountants, it is interesting that the lowest price stock's book value is more than 12 times greater than the $3.18 book value for the higher price stock. Which stock do you think is overpriced? Which one looks like a bargain? The operating margins of the two companies is a sign of their efficiency in running a profitable company. The operating of margin of 30.29% for Apple is good for a tech company, but the operating margin of 44.46% for the long-established WP carry is 50% better. Perhaps the safest message here is that you need to invest equally in 20 good stocks in your portfolio. 
for every speculative Apple stock, you need a WP carry stock as a form of insurance to balance out the risk. It takes just a few minutes to score stocks and look at their historical trends. The information to score stocks is easily available. If you want to see simple easing scoring methods, go to my website. Question number two. Financial advisors, for the most part, are paid by the financial institutions they work for to transfer money from your pocket to the pocket of the financial institution. They are trained to sell you investments that will generate fees and commission income. A salesman is obviously in their best interest to appear to be working in your best interest. However, you are their prey and not their employer. Their assistance is open to interpretation. If your portfolio increases, this is due to their skill. If your portfolio decreases, they try to persuade you that it is the market that is at fault. Since many investors do not buy this explanation, this means that they are in constant prospecting mode, seeking new clients to replace the ones that leave. They probably expect to lose about 20% of their clientele each year. Half of those who leave probably did not find them helpful. For every prospect they approach, they are probably only successful in convincing 1 in 20 of the benefits of being their client. Prospecting eats up a big chunk of their available time, which leaves less time for helping and building a strong, trusting relationship with their existing clientele. It came as a surprise to me to learn that financial advisors only need to know just a bit more about investing than their prospective clients. They often have acquired theoretical knowledge that they relate in the incomprehensible jargon of the financial industry. This jargon often intimidates their clients who do not want to admit that they do not have a clue as to what the advisor is talking about. The investment advisor is not about to educate them. What many financial advisors lack is a depth of business, financial, and investment analysis knowledge. They need only appear to be helpful to enough clients to survive. It is not an easy job. People are very sensitive about the health of their portfolios. Question number three. When do investment advisors avoid advising? Whether your investments increase or shrink, investment advisors are going to take their cut of your portfolio every year with their commissions. However, if you do not purchase or sell an investment, they are not going to make the extra income from fees and charges unless you have given them the complete freedom to buy and sell investments for your portfolio. It is like giving the fox free access to the chicken coop. 
This is not advising. With interest rates sharply rising, how many investment advisors are recommending that it is more important for their clients to pay off as many of your debts as possible than it is to keep on investing monthly in their retirement fund or their speculative stock portfolio? Perhaps it may even make sense to shrink your portfolio, pay off debts, and reduce the cash you are paying out in interest each month. This is advice you should never expect to hear from an advisor. Investment advisors are taught investment theory, which they are quick to pass on to their clients. For example, wise portfolio diversification is supposed to protect you from the ravages of a market crash or downturn in the economy. This diversification includes putting 60% of your money in stocks and 40% in safe bonds. As one declines in value, the other is supposed to rise in value. This did not happen in 2022. Both were on the down escalator. Since this is not supposed to happen, have they suddenly been struck dumb? If you had ignored your advisor and as a self-directed investor put 100% of your money in financially strong stocks, paying consistently high dividends for years, you would not only be better off, but have saved thousands of dollars in financial advisor commissions and fees. If the typical advisor is not able to recommend a portfolio of stocks exceeds an inexpensive index tracking exchange traded fund, how do they justify their existence? Do you really need them there to help you find your lofty, vague financial goals and stop you from being attracted to weak speculative stocks? Investors with portfolios under $100,000 do not generate enough fees and commissions to excite any investment advisor. It can take as much effort and time for an investment advisor to properly service a $90,000 client as it does a $1 million client. Why don't investment advisors tell small portfolio clients that they are a nuisance and that any time spent with a small portfolio client is taking them away from their constant pursuit of the wealthy big scorer clients. The sooner investors with small portfolios recognize that they are a nuisance, the sooner they will recognize they must become informed, educated, self-directed investors. They must take responsibility for growing their portfolio and not rely on the minimal effort of a financial advisor. There are thousands of mutual funds and ETFs available. Have you ever wondered why your investment advisor chose the ones that are in your portfolio? How many less expensive funds that almost duplicate the ones you own are available? Did your investment advisor explain to you what your mutual fund was invested in? Why it was chosen for you and how much it is costing you each year? Did the investment advisor encourage said questions or were you intimidated by your investment 
ignorance and his apparent rehearsed comments about the investments being the best things of sliced bread. Was the investment advisor, with their platitudes and jargons, able to convince you that they were the masters of the universe, despite your portfolio having lost half its value? If you feel you must use an investment advisor, at least be a cynical investor and recognize that they are the shark and you are the prey. Question number four. What causes a decrease in stock value despite an increase in company profits? It is the emotional interplay between optimistic speculators and pessimistic speculators that sets share price. It is the revenue and expense decisions of a company's executives that determine a company's profits. While profits may influence investors, they do not control investors. This is why In a market crash, those companies who have paid ever-increasing dividend payouts continue to pay ever-increasing dividend payouts through the crash. Dividends are paid out of profits and have nothing to do with share prices. Question number five. Is it easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for anyone to get rich by the stock market in the next five years. In less than five years, you could double the value of your portfolio if you invested in financially strong stocks paying high dividends whose share prices and dividend payouts have climbed consistently for 23 years. Earlier in this podcast, I mentioned the stock W.P. Carey is an example of such a stock. Its two-page report will appear in my next investment book analyzing the 106 highest dividend-paying stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange. It is not unique. There are many such stocks. To double your money, you would be reinvesting your dividends for the five years in a portfolio of 20 such stocks. Together, they would average an annual dividend yield of 6%, plus show an annual capital gain of around 12% most years. After five years, the portfolio would double even more quickly. Investing this way for 20 years has provided me with a six-digit dividend income and increased the value of my portfolio by about 500%. However, this system of investing only works if you are a self-directed investor. Otherwise, the 2% to 4% you pay financial advisors each year eats up the compounding benefit of the dividend payouts you're investing back into your portfolio. If you had asked, can you get rich as a speculative investor on the stock market in five years, I would have agreed with you about it being as difficult as the camel trying to pass through the eye of a needle. However, you can get rich 
with a little patience by scoring stocks and looking for companies with consistent winning dividend and share price histories. This is not speculative investing. It is smart, safe investing. If you're interested in more details, go to my website. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Dot com.